Alright, welcome to The Mindful Leader, the podcast where we seek to understand the mental health, mental state, and well-being of leaders, and understand how they take control of them so that other leaders, perhaps like yourself, can become more productive, more fulfilled, and better leaders yourselves. My name is Seven Jacobs, and in today's episode, we'll be listening to a young man named Jeremiah Emmanuel. Now, Jeremiah is a good friend of mine. We've been business partners for a few years now. And in working together, I learned a lot about him and his journey that I knew would be interesting to share with you today because he has grown up in a kind of combination of worlds, if you will, that gives a unique take that I think we don't hear very often. We touch on elements around taking care of yourself and how to do that. We touch on elements of what happens when you don't and some of his kind of top tips for that. We also touch on a few things that he discusses in his book, which he authored about six or so months ago at the time of recording this, which is called Dreaming in a Nightmare. And it touches a lot on perspective and perception and differences within society and how that can make us feel and the influence that will inevitably have on us. And we take a look at that and actually start to answer the question, well, very specifically, what impact does that have on your mental health? Now, Jeremiah is an entrepreneur. So to be able to apply all of those things to his experiences, abilities, things that he's learned within the realm of entrepreneurship created such an interesting and unique perspective on what a leader's mental health can look like and what we kind of need to do about it. So I'm really excited for you to hear this episode. Let's jump straight into it. And I really hope that you enjoy. Welcome everyone. Thanks for tuning in once again. My name is Seven and I'm joined today by a young man named Jeremiah. Now, before he introduces himself in just a sec, I am so excited for this one because Jeremiah's story is a really interesting one and I think we're going to get some perspectives out of today's conversation that you definitely don't hear every day. So, Jeremiah, thank you for joining me. How are you? I'm great, Seven. How are you? I'm so excited for our chat today because we had a quick chat before we got started to learn a little bit about kind of the journey here. And I know we're going to have a few questions and a few uh, elements that come out of today that most people don't get to hear very often. Let's start, though, with just learning a little bit about who you are and what you do. And in that, I'd love to know a bit about kind of your experience of mental health within leadership. I am Jeremiah Emanuel. I'm a 21-year-old social entrepreneur, activist, and author. I sort of started working in my local community from a very young age. And over the years, I've set up a number of different projects, organizations, and businesses that all revolve around the empowerment of young people. Mental health, the term itself, I would say, is a term that isn't really talked about enough 
especially within the business world, I feel many entrepreneurs don't actually put their mental health first, even though it should be one of their priorities in any sort of working environment. And it would be good to explore in more detail what mental health sort of means to me. I see your mind being a second body. I remember once speaking to someone who compared the mind to being a physical being and the fact that we exercise, we find ways to be healthy and the mind needs that exact same support as well. We need to train our mind. We need to make sure we're exercising it and that we're making sure that we're good, especially in a time like this. Yeah. So when you say get it wrong, what kinds of things are you used to seeing that you feel like this isn't quite right? I think it's sort of using leadership as an example. You know, many leaders feel that they have to be perceived as bold and strong and courageous. And there's almost this thought that a lot of people have in which they feel they can't show others that they're weak. But at the end of the day, we're all human beings. You know, we all mm. have times where we go through different moments and our minds just have to be protected. And we need to make sure that we're strengthening our minds in all ways, shapes and forms. So I just think it's becoming taboo, something that's not necessarily spoken about. And yeah. leaders almost feel as if they have to be this specific figurehead who's strong all the time. And the reality of it is that we're all human beings and our minds are all the same and we've all got yeah. to give the same amount of care to our minds as we would give to other people. Yeah, I love that example so much because we hear that kind of thing. We're used to being told yeah. that kind of thing. You need to take care of yourself first. But how common is it to take care of yourself last or maybe even not at all? Why do you think that leaders fall yeah. into that trap so easily? I think it's the pressure, being in that position, feeling that you have to get certain things done. You have goals and objectives that as a team you're aiming to get to. And all of that pressure mm. takes its toll, especially on our mental health. And I think some of the most successful people in business, the reason they've actually got to where they've got to is because they've taken a particular interest in their mind and their well-being, ensuring that their mind is in the right place. And it's something that I've seen across many different entrepreneurs who are really, really successful. Mm, I really, really feel that. And something I'd love to explore a bit off the back of that is you have seen a lot of entrepreneurs succeed and you've seen a few go not so well what i'd love to know from you is kind of in your opinion and your experience what does that mental health journey or how does that mental health journey affect our ability to be a great leader entrepreneur business person but just a leader of any kind that journey is such an important one in what ways do you notice the effects on those abilities? Let's imagine that leadership figure, someone who's leading a team of multiple people, you know, they're working double the time of many of their counterparts. Just imagine the responsibility they have for each of the people in their sort of leadership position. If you have an individual like that, the pressure and the weight on their mind is astronomical. And we need to recognize that 
for many people in those positions, mm. that is why mental health is super, super important because at the end of the day, not only are you thinking about your own health, you're thinking about the health of others. And that often leaves you forgetting about yourself as an individual and forgetting about the steps you need to make moving forward to ensure that your mind is in a great place. Growing up, I would say I grew up in a very difficult environment. It was difficult to have ambition, difficult to dream. And the title of my book is Dreaming in a Nightmare. And that sort of explains what it was like growing up. And to be in such an environment in an area that was filled with crime, poverty, lack of employment for young people, lack of opportunities, in terms of the thought process you have as an individual in that environment, it's very different to your counterparts who have grown up elsewhere. And I would say in terms of mental health and well-being, there is this effect that it has on you in terms of you thinking that you can't be anything and you can't amount to anything and you can't become successful in your life. And it's something that many of me and my friends sort of felt the pressure of growing up. And it wasn't until I grew a bit mm. older and I started to have different experiences and meeting different people that I came to realise that there was hope mm. and there was opportunity and there was a way that I could escape this so-called nightmare. Mm. I love that title, right? When I first heard about your book and you first told me about it, I was so excited to see what would come of it because we tend to break up these important words that make us visualize things like dreams and nightmares, and we think that they're very narrow. It's like it exists in its own bubble. And what your journey has done is it's really broken that bubble. I'd love for you to walk me through a little bit how, in your experience, the journey of mental health, whether it's because of the things you've learned growing up or just because of the journey you're on right now, how does that affect our ability to be a great leader? You know, one of my mentors, my earliest mentors, used to speak to me about balance. And what he would say about balance mm. is that you need to have a certain amount of balance within your life. You know, when we think about the brain, you know, we would say that the brain is actually a muscle. And in the same way that we exercise our body and we eat the right foods, we have to take that same amount of care for our minds. As an example, some of the most successful entrepreneurs I know, they really have this balance where they really focus on their mind, whether it's getting up super early in the morning, meditation, prayer, making sure they have some time to themselves, making sure you're even having enough time to read a couple of books a week, to listen to an audio book or a podcast. These are things that are going to help the mind. Now, if you can imagine a person who wakes up every single morning, gets straight into work, they work for the whole entire day, they get back in. There's obviously going to be a detrimental effect on their mental health, especially in the climate we're in. The majority of the last 12 months, we've actually spent a lot of time within a lockdown, and it means that we're confined to a small space within our residences. So it's very important to strike that balance. Yeah, 100%. Balance is such a key word for me, and I'm so glad you've kind of thrown that in there because it doesn't matter how much energy you have, how much you've learned how much you care, 
if in doing all of those things, you've got a balance or a lack thereof only really allowed you to burn out, to not put your 100% into things. And without that balance, everything else collapses. For you, what do you think the most ideal balance is? What is your experience of that balance? If I had like a really long day at work, it might be a walk by the riverside, fresh air, making sure that I'm having some breathing space. Certain mornings, Mm. I might get up a bit earlier to make sure that I can read, I can educate myself with things that I don't know about. Even listening to like a podcast, these are things that are exercising the mind. And it took me a very long time to understand just how much effort I had to put into making sure that my mind was in the right place. We often forget that without a clear headspace, Mm. we actually can't be as effective at work. Mm. But I feel it's this continuous pressure of having to get work done. And that sometimes has an impact on us remembering that we have to focus on our mental health. A hundred percent. We spend so much time because we live in a society which is so focused on doing right doing 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 we've always got to be doing something we don't allow for that space but with space is what comes the health that is necessary for those things that we're doing to actually have an impact i think as a leader that was one of the biggest takeaways for me what you're saying really speaks i think to that leader who tries to cram everything in Take your time in the mornings, take time to learn, take time with the loved ones. And I love your example of taking a walk as well by the river, something so simple. Why do you do that kind of thing? You know, sometimes I feel we just need some alone time. You know, there's something about the river that just calms Mm. me down, looking at the water and the way it flows. And even sometimes walking when it's past dawn and the lights are reflecting onto the river that just calms me down and puts Mm. me in a sort of clear space of mind yes those things that bring us back down to earth right i think that's such an important takeaway have a little understanding maybe like a little list or something like that if you need it of the things that bring you back down to earth and help you feel connected i love that as a takeaway off the back of that i'd love to know What the main turning point was for you in realizing all of this? Because some entrepreneurs are at it for twice as long as you have been and still can't find that balance. And it's common and it's understandable. But eventually we reach a turning point where we say no, or we realize that something has clicked. What was that turning point for you? in figuring these things out and how do you think other people could learn from it you know at the end of the day i feel it isn't the easiest thing in the world to get balance but as they say practice Mm. makes perfect and i really believe in just trying to keep up habits that enable us to go in the right direction in terms of myself i think i just really got to a point where I came to realize that if I didn't focus on having a clear mind, having a strong and healthy mind, it wouldn't serve me well in the long run in terms of running the businesses Mm. I run, setting up the projects that I set up. It just wouldn't work. And that meant that I really had to take a stand to turn things around. 
just so things could work out better, things could be more effective, and I could get some more work done. Yeah, right. We're always looking for the best way to get the next leg up. And funny enough, taking care of ourselves is one of the most important ways to do that. From that, something that I think would be really interesting to discuss would be about potential. Every leader, in a way, is trying to reach their true potential. What most commonly, in your experience, holds leaders back from achieving their true potential? And how do we overcome those things that hold us back? You know, at the end of the day, and I used to share this a lot, and I would tell people, do you believe you've reached your full potential? And the reason I would mm. ask that question all the time during my talks when I'll go around and speak to people is because I feel even the most successful at a certain point feel that they've done it, that they've achieved everything that they can achieve. But the reality of it is that your potential that you're currently at is next to nothing compared to where you can actually go. And that is the mentality that I used to mm. drive myself, you know, understanding that maybe in my life I've only reached about 10% of my potential. So what can I do? What steps can I take mm. to get that 90% more potential to reach 100% potential? And I feel there's a long way to go. It doesn't happen overnight. You could be towards the end of retirement and still not have reached your full potential. But it's not about a sprint. It's about a marathon. Right. Life is a marathon, not a sprint, 100%. What I'd love to know from you then is, in your experience, especially in having spoken to people about it before, I know you've given a couple of really interesting or more notable kind of talks around it. What do you think most commonly holds leaders back from achieving their true potential? And how do we overcome those things that hold us back? Again, I feel if your mind isn't healthy, that is one of the detrimental factors mm. into not allowing you to achieve the success that you are due. We've really got to focus on our minds because our minds could be the only thing stopping us from mm. real success. And it's something that more people need to learn. Mm. How do we learn those kinds of things? Because it isn't easy to just say, well, all of it's in my mind. Or my mind is holding me back. Because, you know, we've all experienced that time when we feel like we're being realistic instead of just being hard on ourselves. We're telling ourselves some kind of truth instead of trying to be hopeful yeah. or giving us energy. What we're subconsciously doing is telling ourselves, no, you can't. And that doesn't help. What is it that your experience overcomes that? You know, I sort of feel the easiest way to overcome it is by looking at the stories of those who are successful and. When I look at those who are really at the top of their game, some of the most successful entrepreneurs in the world, they all have something consistent, and that is a habit of caring for their minds. What is better than mm. actually having real-life examples of people who have achieved great levels of success, you know, to actually look at them and look at the processes they have taken to get to there, but to see a correlation in each of them taking care of their minds, it's super, super important mm. and something that we can all learn from. A hundred percent. I would completely agree with that in the sense that there is always something to be learned from other people. 
always, 100%. And something that I think is equally important, it's our own kind of lived experiences, right? We have an experience inside of our mind and our body that no one else has, of course, obviously, because only we're in our own head. There's always that voice in our head telling us we're not mm. good enough. And if once you've looked at what the other people who have done well, it's worth. And jump in here if you think there's anything you would add to this. I think it's worth having a moment just to yourself to reflect, like you said, habits you want to start instilling in your life. The things that make you feel great, the things that bring you back down to earth. I think even beyond that, having thanks for how far you've come and the position that you're in. Because what I came to realize mm. at a very young age, actually, was that there were so many people who were less fortunate than myself in the world. And I could look at my situation, I could look at my environment, and it could always be on my mind. But there was always someone who would look at the situation mm. I was in, and they would die to be in a similar position to myself. That meant that I had to be grateful. I need to have gratitude. And I feel sometimes a major part of this is actually just having time to yourself to really yeah. think about how far you've come and to think about all of the yeah. achievements you've made. And even though it might not be the end goal, at least it's on the way there. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. We've always got more end goals, but that doesn't mean we haven't reached milestones, right? I love that. Let's talk a little bit about challenges, right? So everything we've talked about so far has been very much around things that we do that hold us back, the ways our mind works and how we can take care of it. But like you said, some people's realities, some people's dreams are current lived experiences. We always compare ourselves to that. We compare ourselves to others and we hold ourselves back in those ways. And your book touches on this kind of thing a lot. So I'd love to hear your kind of experience here. What are the challenges that are often presented to leaders that they struggle to overcome in regards to their mental health? Again, being in the leadership position, Sometimes it isn't only your mind, it's the mind of everyone that you're mm. leading. And I feel that is one of the reasons why leaders a lot of the time forget about their own mental health because they're thinking about the mental health of others. Mm. I think another thing is really just being in that cruise mode. I'll call it the cruise mode where you're working, you're working, yeah. you're working, you're working on a new project, you've got a new client, you want everything to be perfect and you're working overtime. And sometimes yeah. it's actually better to keep some time to the side, focus on yourself, to focus on your mind, and to do whatever you can do in the time that you assign to it. But for you to be working 20-hour days, hardly any sleep, it isn't necessarily the right thing to do. So those are two things that I've definitely recognized by people that are in leadership positions. Yeah, I feel that. And it comes back to putting other people's mask on before your own, which is the other way around. It makes sense. As a leader, you need to be exactly. considerate of other people. You need to know how to help them. That's your job as a leader. That's the role you've taken on that no one else can do. In the same vein, you're also a leader over your own yeah. life. And recognizing exactly what you talked about around burning out, you're not going to be able to keep doing that if you don't also think about yourself. 
Exactly, exactly. And that's why it's ever so important to sometimes in certain situations to think about yourself. Have I thought about mm. myself as an individual? Have I thought about my own mind and my well-being? Sometimes you have to mm. help yourself before you can help others. In what ways has being able to learn that improved your life? More specifically, right? We've talked a bit about it making you feel better and bringing you back down to earth. We know it makes you more productive, but in what ways has it made you a better leader? It's made me a better leader by just allowing myself to think about myself and to put myself first sometimes. And it's something that I don't think happens enough. At the end of the day, when I started to care about myself more, I started to see a rise in productivity. Yeah, yeah. I started to realize that sometimes the problems that I would deal with that were other people's problems or things that they could have dealt with, when you actually calculate the amount of time mm. you spent on it, it's dramatically high. Yeah, like you described at the beginning of this conversation, we kind of have this mental image of the lone entrepreneur. And I know some leaders feel this way, even if they're not entrepreneurs, where it's like it's you back against the wind facing some storm or blizzard or desert, right? Something dangerous and barren all on your own. And it makes sense because it's a lonely place. No one can do quite what you need to do. But it doesn't change the fact that responsibility becomes a very draining place and it can be a very lonely place too you know i'm sure you've seen that kind of thing what happens when we don't take care of ourselves in that way when we don't recognize that we're living in that kind of image and it just runs away with it and makes you feel lonely what yeah. kinds of things happen first of all an impact on productivity an impact on just how you feel and it can sort of put you in a difficult place. A lot of us take our own mental health for granted. And to think that we sometimes just don't pay any attention whatsoever to our minds. Yeah. Again, brain is like a muscle. It is a muscle. Mm. At the end of the day, we need to be exercising that muscle. We need to make mm. sure that we're looking after it with great care. I think that's a really interesting few different perspectives on what we do commonly and what we should be doing instead. I've got one final question for you, Jeremiah, which goes back to that conversation around turning points. Is there a kind of standout lesson that changed your perspective? I want to say life in general, but that's kind of vague. But on these kinds of things, because this really is such an important essence of life. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. During the first lockdown, I remember sort of being at a place where my business operations sort of came to a halt because much of the work we had to do had to be done in person and now we're all locked down and the future is really uncertain. And I guess during this period of time, it's affected us all in many different ways. I was at the point where I could have gone either one of two ways. It was either give up and just stop what you're doing because there's no movement whatsoever that you can make, or it's find mm. a solution, find a way around it. And one thing that I came to a conclusion with at that point was, what can I do during this time? And that was actually figuring out that one of my passions was music. And one of the only industries that was still 
semi-open was the music industry because anyone can release different forms of music. And again, me being someone with the brains to know how to push people's music and mm. help them get to the next level, I thought, why don't I focus on this hobby a bit more and turn it into a business? And at that point, that was the best decision for me. It meant that my mind was in such a fantastic place because now I was actually working on yeah. something I was really, really passionate about on top of all the other work I was doing previous. And it meant that I could now focus on making all of the work I do now a success, especially during a global pandemic. And it meant that the mind that I had sort of halfway through the thoughts and the place at mm. which my mind was, it was totally eradicated and turned around. That is a prime example of a point in my life where you almost feel at tipping point, but you sort of turn it around to go down the right direction. Yeah, I love that because it's a great example of what a shift in perspective can do for you. You can see the glass half empty or you can see it half full. You can see the cloud or you can see the silver lining. You can see both, but choose which one you want to put that energy into. And I think in that same way, something that's so important for leaders to take away yeah. from this conversation is that talking about mental health often feels like the glass half empty conversation. We're kind of here saying, well, this is a negative thing. It gets in our way and we need to overcome it. This makes us human, and without that human connection to our humanness, right? So much of that other potential mm -hmm. hope, but also excitement and worthwhileness of life can go away. This really shouldn't be a taboo thing. I know you've probably experienced things like that as well, where it's like, we don't want to talk about our mental health. It doesn't matter. But what you've talked with me today has really helped me understand and hopefully helped our listeners understand as well. It should be an empowering thing to be able to talk about these kinds of things and issues you have around them, I think should be seen in a much more positive light. Yeah, no, definitely. I think we need to continue having these conversations because, again, there's a long way to go mm. and many of us need to focus more on our minds, ensuring that it's in the right place. Yeah. Okay, well, Jeremiah, thank you so much for joining me today. Where can people learn more about you or your book or any of the work that you've done or find you if they'd like to take a look? Well, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram at JE1BC. And you can find details to my debut book at www.dreaminginanightmare.com. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time today, Jeremiah. With all of that in mind, we have come to a close. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. I hope this gave you some incredible takeaways that you can apply to your journey as a leader and with your own mental health and well-being. Please make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to get the next episode as soon as it's released. Lots of love, everyone, and we will be back very soon. 